Welcome back to Fly Purbly. I am your host, Steve Jaco, joined again by Eamon Smith. Eamon, how you feeling today, man? I feel like the listeners are going to get sick of me at this point. I've been here too long. Uh, I'm doing okay. Um, hungry. I'm kind of sad that the Flyers lost. I'm more sad that the Eagles lost. But other than that, doing pretty good, Steve. I mean, at least you're missing the grief of the Philly season essentially being over on top of all that. But you know, I- I'm just happy enough to have hockey back in whatever form it's back in, and I'll take it. I mean, it's just even a preseason game is exciting, even though it wasn't the most exciting game. I mean, it's preseason. What can you really expect from that? But we saw live Flyers hockey with Jim Jackson doing the play-by-play, and those are just two of my favorite things in life. Yeah, I, I mean, the outcome of the game wasn't ideal, exactly, but... It's Flyers hockey. I'm happy that hockey's back, even if it does signal the eventual end of days uh, in my life as I collapse into despair <laughs> while the Flyers miss the playoffs and make all the bad decisions. And oh, it's an even year, just... man. They're they're gonna make the playoffs. Uh, I I trust them to do whatever I don't expect them to do, whether that's be good or be terrible. So. Uh, We'll see. We'll see how that happens, because I expect them to be good this year. There's a pattern, man. They make the playoffs every other year, and this is one of those other years. Maybe. Maybe so. I don't know. Maybe they're the, uh, you know, the San Francisco Giants of the uh, 2010s. Maybe that's how this works. Oh, God. I don't want to think about that team. That team caused me a lot of heartache. I don't want to think about them, but... I'm just, again, I'm just happy that we had the Flyers back in our lives tonight. Even though they cause us a lot of grief, I'm just happy to see them. And there were definitely some good things to take home about that game, even if it wasn't necessarily the most thrilling one to watch. I mean, number one, Oscar Lindblom had a great screen on a Yegor, not Mike Mamola, Zamola goal, which was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I I mean Zamula looked great tonight, but Lindblom, man, he looked good. And I mean, talk about a guy whose presence is really needed, especially with Wade Allison coming out of the lineup, uh, which we'll talk about here tonight. But uh, that's that's really exciting to see. This is the first time in a while that he's had a lot of time to get into game shape and everything. So good for him glad to see that yeah love to see that that's one of the big storylines heading into the season is just how back in full hockey shape is oscar limblom because we we all know he's still recovering last season i mean it's it's just gutsy even seeing him out there and it's unbelievable and fantastic seeing him out there but to see him back in the shape he was before he started going through everything with cancer like that is a tremendous feat and hopefully he is there on top of that Maxim Sushko, Maximum Sush and Company. The Belarusian legend. <laughs> also got on the board a Belarusian legend. I don't know if he's the Belarusian Gretzky, but he's certainly a Belarusian legend. And Ellis getting an apple on that one. And I know it's not as a first official Flyers point, but nonetheless, still good to see Ryan Ellis in the orange and black and getting a point in a game 
love it. I thought he looked great tonight. He was the best player on the ice for either team. Um, and I know that I'm a little biased on that point, but he <laughs> kicked ass out there tonight. Um, just such a Ryan Ellis game where he didn't have like any crazy flashy assist or play, but just so many smart decisions. He's like Sean Couturier if Sean Couturier played defense and was small <laughs> and had a sick beard as opposed to just an okay beard. Sorry, Sean. I know. I think there is no <laughs> doubt about that. Ryan Ellis. I mean, Ryan Ellis even has a better beard than Jake Voracek had. And Jake, Vor- Jake Voracek had a fantastic beard. Ryan Ellis's is like A++++. He does. He has like a full pirate beard going on. It's pretty wonderful. We're going to get to it later, but I just love that the Flyers are doing a Chia Pet Night for Ryan Ellis and his beard. <laughs> I forgot about that. He was awesome, man. And he he just had so many of those instances where it's like makes the little tap play along the boards to keep the play alive, but doesn't overpass it. Um, doesn't, you know, put too much on it. Uh, had a lot of looks in the slot that he kind of manufactured. The uh, assist on the Shushka goal, he banked it off the end boards purposefully. Um, you can see it. He's thinking about the play, and then he banks it so that Shushka gets the puck back around and then can look for either just kind of a blocker side chance or dunking it in there or just making it happen another way. Um, just, just so many smart plays like that, and that's what people are going to love with Ryan Ellis. He looked great out there tonight individually, and then I thought he looked good with Provorov too. Yeah, I agree. And they look comfortable together. They're they're buddying up. They are getting ready to be partners in hockey and in let no, obviously. <laughs> I'm trying to go for the Hugh Honey and Vic Vinegar <laughs> right there. Both partners in what is it in business or in real estate? And it. <laughs> I have Honey. no clue where you're heading here. Oh, he's sunny. I thought you don't know that one, Hugh Honey and Vic Vinegar, when they're doing the real estate scam. That's right. Oh my god, it's been a really long time. Since it's I've an old episode. It's an old episode too. Uh, I I feel I feel just kind of let down by myself for not knowing that one off the top of my head. To be honest, gotta do a, a little disappointed. Job. J- just continuing my Andy Reid from my last appearance on BSH Radio. <laughs> I. <laughs> You know, it's just good to see him back tonight. And, I, you know, the one other guy I wanted to comment on, because this is just a preseason game, and you can only take so much away from it, but I thought Carter Hart looked pretty sharp in this game. I thought he looked sharp for the most part. Um, the first goal that was allowed in this game, and the only goal that he allowed, he only played two periods before Urson uh, came in. But it wasn't fantastic i mean it wasn't totally his fault he had a nice heavy screen in front of him that the flyers couldn't clear and then a moving screen on uh his blocker side that was kind of threatening so it looked like his attention was slightly divided but for the most part watching that back it seemed like he saw that puck most of the way so for him to get scored on there you'd hope that he'd get in front of that one but otherwise sharp man uh he tracked the puck well this is what this season all comes down to, ultimately. It comes down to Carter Hart, and, I, you know, I hate to simplify it so much and hate to put it all on the shoulders of one guy, but really, the goaltending was so abysmal last year and made such a difference in the Flyers winning and losing, you know, in their win-loss record, ultimately. It really does all come down to if Carter Hart can play even good, even competent goaltending this season, and... 
this at least looked like a, a step in the right direction. There's a lot more preseason to go. We're still a couple weeks out from the start of the regular season, but I will take any encouraging signs I can get with Carter Hart. Yeah, I, I think this was a very good Carter Hart game where it's like you can still see some of the flaws. He wasn't perfect. Um, but the encouraging signs that you're really looking for are there, which is that he tracked the puck well. That was the main thing that really troubled me this past year is he just lost plays sometimes. Um, and I feel like all the mechanical stuff and the positioning stuff and how he approaches playing the position can be fixed. Um, that's just something where having increased practice time is going to help him out. But the, I don't know where the fuck the play is going thing is more concerning. And the fact that he didn't have any of those moments tonight was good. He still, he still gave me some palpitations with uh, <laughs> the way that he handled the puck behind the net. I don't like when he does that, but other than that, solid game. Uh, I was pleased. Yeah, the palpitation's not so great, but again, I'll take what I can get. The one guy I think, you know, Atkinson, I think we kind of know what to expect from him. Broussard, we know what to expect from him. They, I thought they both looked pretty good tonight. Yandel and Braun played together, and I think they pretty much were what expected. I think the big name that everybody is still curious about as far as additions go this year is Rasmus Ristolainen. R- Rasmus Ristolainen. And I know the Wrist Alliance is out there <laughs> hanging out on the edge of their seats, just waiting to see their boy Rasmus, see what he can do to see if he knows how to play defense now, like we all hope he can. I imagine we're going to see him in there when they visit Boston later in this week on an NHL yep. game on TNT, which is a weird thing to be saying. Yep. <laughs> oh, God. It's so odd. Like, I've been seeing walking past the student center and stuff like that adds for that it just makes me not uncomfortable but it just it gives me a weird feeling in my stomach i'm like oh shit it's on tnt i forgot about that like and they have wayne gretzky and stuff for that that'll be interesting uh but yeah i imagine that's when we'll see him maybe a little earlier but probably then uh interested to see whether he looks any good or if he gets pantsed out there uh sort of like we saw uh on that final goal tonight that that would really suck but hopefully he's great i i'm not expecting anything um but you know the flyers are constantly full of surprises both good and bad so hopefully they don't just fulfill my expectations <laughs> here's open on that front i, I mean rasmus ristolainen is a divisive player to say the least and he hasn't even played any time in the orange and black I, I really hope he exceeds all expectations. I hope he earns this inevitable, you know, max length contract he's going to get from the Flyers. Jesus Christ. It's not Ugh. inevitable. I, I'm not trying to will this into the it world. It feels fucking inevitable, but I'm trying to stay positive because it hasn't happened. Yeah, I, I'm hoping he steps out there. He punches a bunch of dudes in the face, you know, legally. However, you can do that legally on the ice. And just is this this force that we this physical presence that we want him to be so desperately because that's clearly why chuck fletcher went out and spent a first round pick plus on him is to get a physical presence on the back end that will actually you know actually stay healthy and in the lineup and i don't want to dunk on sam moran too much because that guy has had a really tough go of things since he's coming to the nhl but 
there's a reason that they really are going after a guy like Ristolainen to be that physical presence because Moran can't stay in the lineup and we might as well talk about it while we're talking about it. He's out six to eight weeks after knee surgery. I mean, he's the seventh defenseman, so it's kind of whatever, but I know in the back of Chuck Fletcher's mind, in the back of everybody in the Flyers front office mind, they really want him to stay healthy and to be a lineup mainstay and to be that physical presence because at the end of the day, old school hockey guys and really just anybody who watches hockey, there's that bloodlust. You want a guy to just take a, especially a big physical guy like Ristolainen or Moran. Like you want to see a guy pick somebody up, spin them around and toss them into the, into the crowd if they can. Suplex city. Yeah. <laughs> Suplex city. Come on down to Suplex city where you're going to get all your hits. <laughs> I, I'm sad uh, about Moran. Uh, again, I'm a dude who's been rooting for him to succeed, but it just, I mean, he's got the worst luck at this point. Uh, you kind of pointed out here in the show notes, too, um, this impacts the Flyers in that this might affect how they end up deploying Cam York to start the year. Like, maybe he's sitting in the press box um, instead of playing in Lehigh Valley because uh, they need that 7th D who's like at least semi-proven to be an NHL caliber player, but who knows? I have no clue what they're going to do. I really hope that this doesn't affect anything with York. I'm not going to lie. I'm sad for Sammy. I'm kind of, I'm looking, I don't know if I'm looking forward to Keith Yandel, but like, I like Keith Yandel, but I really wouldn't mind if, if you wanted to carry a 7th D, to start the season, you gave York a nice long look and put Yandel in the press box instead. I just don't know how that would go over depending upon who played better in camp. Um, I understand, like, from a we're, we're GMing completely unbiased or whatever, we don't need to care about locker room chemistry perspective, That that's not a bad move at all. Just give York, like, 10 games and see what he has. But if you're a coach or... Uh, somebody in the front office, you don't want to reward somebody simply for, you know, being a prospect with ped- pedigree. You want to play the best players, right? Um, at least in your estimation. Yeah. I, I hate that it's looked at as a reward, personally. Like, I-, I know you're not the one putting that out there. I know a lot of people will perceive that as that, but I hate that it's looked at as a reward and not so much a development thing, because... I want Cam York playing the maximum amount of games this year. That's really all it comes down to for me. I want him getting experience. That's fair. I think the Flyers front office probably sees it like that a little bit too. It's just you have to balance that type of thing. Um, And it's really hard to know exactly where they stand on that. But I just have a feeling that they don't want Keith Yandel out of the lineup. They think he's a huge part of the locker room. Um, He's a huge part of that new culture that they're trying to bring in. And having him on the bench is going to be a big deal in their mind. Again, this is all speculatory, but just just a feeling there that as much as they like York, and they really like York, um, they probably will just try to play him in Lehigh Valley and pull somebody else up rather than do something like that. I'm sure. I'm sure. And look, I would rather have York start the season in Lehigh Valley getting playing time and just have a warm body in the press box to start the season than have York up there. I just, that's how I feel about that. That's Moran is whatever, you know, I get healthy, but you're the seventh D man. When you come back, Cam York, you are a guy we want to be 
I mean, you're a future Flyers defenseman staple, we are hoping. So, please develop this guy, right? Please do not screw this up. <laughs> I, I think they're doing a good job with him so far. They've brought him along at a good pace, and they're not overtaxing him. He's played well at every level, so I don't know. I'm, again, I'm not a huge Cam York guy. I like Cam York. He's grown on me, but I'm still very much of the we'll wait and see mind um, with him. They might they might have to put him at forward though with these other two injuries that we haven't talked about yet. Oh, the old Shane Gostasir special right there. Yeah, like, yeah, just do put, that. <laughs> put Ghost to forward. Why don't you put Ghost to forward? Yeah. You can't play any defense anyways. Why don't we just put him at forward? I'm you know I'm kind of glad we don't have to talk about that anymore. <laughs> Honestly, uh, relieved. <laughs> Let's talk about the big name out of these two first, and that would be Kevin Hayes. This sucks. This just flat out sucks. I talked about it a little bit on BSH Radio last week, but Kevin Hayes out six to eight weeks after having abdominal surgery. I have a really tough time saying that word, so I'm not going to try to say it again. But essentially, this is seven to 15 games. I think uh, Big Al was looking more in the ballpark of 10 games. Regardless, this is a tough injury to come back from, to play sports with, and... Kevin Hayes is a pivotal part of this team. He is your second line center, and that is a big hole to fill to start the season. He, I mean, I might, I might be misremem- misremembering this here, but I think also the injury that he said he had been playing through, that he had another uh, procedure done on, was also an abdominal thing. So, uh, really sucks that he's having to deal with this again. Um, on top of. All the other horrible things that have happened in life to him recently, um, obviously the one big one uh, being, you know, the loss of his brother, which, I mean, geez, man, what a tough start to the season for him. And he's another, like, heart and soul guy. So, crushing, but the Flyers have to figure out a way around it. That's unfortunately how hockey goes. You lose players inevitably. Yeah, and the depth is going to be tested. The depth is going to be tested. I mean, and Kevin Hayes is a good locker room guy. I, I mean, look at the guys they brought in, in the off season. They brought in his best friends. Yeah, it's the Kevin Hayes fan club. It pretty much is. I mean, Keith Yandel, when Kevin Hayes was was speaking about his brother the other day, said that Keith Yandel is basically like his second best friend after his brother. You know, it's is a guy who's very close to him, and I believe Atkinson was also uh, close or is close with Kevin Hayes. So uh, these are guys that are close to him and they clearly like what they have in Kevin Hayes, see him as a cornerstone of the clubhouse they built currently. So without him in there, that sucks. But also just looking at it from a penalty killing perspective, from a five on five perspective, that's tough to fill. I mean, what are you looking at right now? If you're Big Al and has asked crew at how you are filling that gap in the short term? Big Al and the ass crew never fails to make me laugh. I'm just chuckling over here. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm i probably doing what they have been tinkering with a little bit, which is test out Morgan Frost as the 2C and see if he works there. Um, I don't know that they'll actually run with that. I have a feeling that they'll probably just shift Giroux back to center um, if things get really dicey and then try a more proven veteran out. Uh, I think tonight they were playing Broussard with Lindblom a good bit, and those two look pretty good together. Uh, so maybe they'll roll that out there as the second line. I don't know. There, there are options here to tinker with. Um, 
there's also Tanner Lazinski, um, who's coming back, but I don't know. There's but isn't there also potential injury news with Lazinski right now? Yeah, there's more of that. Um, we don't really know exactly what's going on with him. But they they have Bunneman back there. Bunneman, I know he wasn't great last year, but he had a good 2019, 2020, and I think he's fine as a 4C in the short term. Um, and then you maybe bump up Lawton to play 2C, which, again, not ideal, but it can work. I think I like Giroux best at 2C out of the... Well, yeah. I want Morgan Frost to prove himself first. Like I, I think Morgan Frost is my plan A, my plan B is Giroux, and then my plan C is Broussard or Lawton at 2C. It really is extra complicated now that the team is also missing Wade Allison, uh, who, by the way, is out indefinitely with a high ankle sprain, um, which is just not a fun injury. So no clue when he's coming back. No, that's another tough injury to come back from, especially if you skate for a living. Yeah, not not ideal. Um, and he's another one of those dudes where it's like great locker room presence, a guy with a lot of juice, as a coach would say, plays with jam. Uh <laughs> Haven't heard that one in a while, but it just complicates things even further because now you've got less depth along the wings than you'd probably like there. Because, I mean, who are, who are your options now at wing if you're playing Giroux on the wing um, and then Frost at 2C? Like, it's Lindblom, Lawton, NAK, and then Derek Broussard. Well, and the other two are Connor Bunneman and... Nate Thompson. Well, I mean, okay, so right now, let's look at, this is just based on what I saw on Cap Friendly the other day, but the Cap Friendly death chart had Farabee, Couturier, Konechny on the top line, JVR, Drew, Atkinson, Lindblom, Lawton, NAK, Broussard, Thompson, Bunneman, but that's not including Morgan Frost, that's not including Tanner Lazinski. so you've got Farabee, you've got Van Riemsdyk, Farabee's nice because you can play him at either wing, depending on the situation. If Lindblom's back to 100%, that's really going to help a ton. I think you've got decent depth. I think when you go to, I'd say, NAK at third line right wing is not great, but can Lawton play right wing or is he just strictly left wing or center? Uh, I think he's played both sides some, but he's mostly just been left. Uh I don't, I don't know how comfortable he'd be on the other side. It's, yeah. I again, just, just I don't know. I prefer coach, like coach's decision. I, I prefer Lawton at a wing if I can. I mean, I, I guess right wing. He's better on be, the wing. Right wing, you're probably a little thinner than you are at left wing. I think left wing, they've actually got some pretty decent depth. Yeah. It's, I mean, Elaine Vigneault, I, I'm not super confident in him at this point. I'm just kind of sort of confident, like he'll be okay at least but he's got some hard decisions to make at the beginning of this year um so it'll be it'll be fun to watch fun in quotation marks there uh how he goes about handling all of these and whether or not all of them work hopefully he pushes all the right buttons like he did his first year here but i don't know we'll wait and see <laughs> yeah i mean we're not even at the season yet there's a lot of camp that won't to go. stop me from complaining I'm trying to be optimistic because, you know, I'm the, the grumpiest Flyers fan of all. No, I try to stay optimistic. I, I enjoy hockey. I want to try to enjoy hockey. I think they've got some options, and I, I'm i very curious to see how they 
they work them out. And I think this does open up some good opportunities for guys in camp that might not have gotten them otherwise. Yeah, that's the bright side of things here. It's going to be intriguing to say the least. The It's funny because like defense, there's absolutely no battles right now. <laughs> yeah, they, they ran out of bodies to really have anything going on there. I mean, the only one is... And I don't think this would happen, but uh, they they do like Igor Zamula, and he did get a little bit of a look last year, and he's looked good so far, um, both in uh, training camp from all accounts, and then also, I mean, tonight in the preseason game, he looked like one of the Flyers' three best defensemen and looked really confident out there. So He did the upper level's favorite thing, and shoot, he's... What I really liked about him tonight in my recap, which you can go read on broadstreethockey.com, you oh, should wow. go do that. I, I talked about how the Flyers still look like they kind of don't really know how to handle the Islanders' forecheck um, from a defenseman perspective, like just making the quick out uh, to get transition headed the other way. And it's still sort of like they get mucked up in the corner and then lose the puck. And I thought Zamula probably did better than anybody about that. He made decisive decisions. Wow, that didn't sound great. Um, he made he made good decisions I'm with the, the puck on his stick. <laughs> he made good decisions with the puck on his stick. Uh, he was aggressive when he needed to be, but he wasn't doing the Phil Myers. I'm going to pull the trigger into five bodies type strategy. <laughs> um, he actually walked the puck in and then took shots that made sense. Um, and when he did try stuff and it didn't pan out, he was in a good enough stance where he could kind of just flip right back around and push the guy wide instantly rather than being like all the way low in the offensive zone and completely out on a limb. So he could end up battling maybe for that seventh defenseman spot if they don't want to put York there. And they want somebody who has a little bit more AHL experience and like they're not going to put a non-prospect there either. He could maybe be that guy. I like Samola. I, I would love to see him get a shot. I think just the only thing, it's not quite disappointing, but I really wish there was maybe a spot, a more permanent spot for York or Samola to be competing for. But what are you going to do? Hopefully it's a good problem. Hopefully this is just a, a rock solid three pairing defense right here. I get we've got our questions about Ristolainen and Sanheim. That's a really iffy pairing right now. Prove me wrong, guys. But it seems pretty set in stone. And I don't know. I just I, I do like Samula, though. I think he looked good tonight. I agree with you that he did look like one of the uh, the better defensemen when trying to figure out the Islanders, which <laughs> Jesus Christ, how many times can you play the Islanders and keep falling into their trap, guys? I guess just every time is the answer. Barry Trotz is a goddamn genius, apparently, because nobody can figure this out. He's absolutely a genius. He is the only good NHL coach. That is the official. <laughs> They're uh, all bad. Official position him. of Fly Perbole is Barry Trotz is the only good NHL coach. I mean, look at the body of work, dude. Can't can't prove you wrong. Can't prove you wrong. Uh, but yeah, like I think to your point, it would be cool to see the kids get a chance. But at the same time, you remember like years past where they left a spot open for the kid to take it. They come in and they were just kind of eh. Um, 
weren't super impressive and then that ends up becoming a problem like that's what happened last year with uh Myers that was a big issue was they were like all right he will fill in for Niskanen and it'll be okay um and then we can just slide Eric Gustafson up and that'll work uh yeah or I mean, Shane Gostaspair and part of that was just the utter shock of having Niskanen retire the way he did I, I think everybody was really surprised by that and man the, they, the right they, they had time no, they had a little time. I mean, it was kind of a crazy off season too. Just, also, yeah. the right-handed, right-shot defenseman, right-side defenseman is becoming, or not becoming, but it's a bit of a unicorn in the NHL, which is weird to me, but that's just... Well, why does everybody learn how to play left-handed? Learn how to play right-handed. Apparently, you're going to be more valuable Make that way. Make your money. <laughs> Make your money. Teach your kids how to shoot that way. I think they're all right-handed, and they learn <laughs> to shoot left-handed. It's like, no, just just stick with your natural hand. Just just do what you're supposed to do. Yeah, like, my thing, though, is... My point there is not that the Flyers should have filled that Phil Myers spot. Like, they, they had some notice, but I, I get your uh, kind of point that you're getting at there. It's more that... They left a spot open for a kid to just kind of fill in the blank. And then because they were so dependent upon that working out, when it didn't work out, they had no backup plan. Here it's like, okay, if Yandel or Braun looks like shit to start the year, which could happen. They're both older guys. I think Yandel looked good tonight, but I would not whatever. be surprised by, by either looking like shit. Yeah, like, Fortunately, I wanted to remain Yandel, optimistic, Yandel, but it wouldn't shock me. Yandel's been iffy defensively for years, and Braun is slow, so he could, you know, be skating at half speed, and then they're just like, okay, shit, this isn't working out. They don't have the problem of, this is the only guy that we have on defense to play the bottom pair. They can call up York, or they can call up Zamula, um, and have those guys, and they can just be injury or performance-related reserves. And then if you have them not working out, then you can either rotate them for the other one of the prospect defensemen, or you can call back up that veteran once they've had a breather and be like, all right, you get another crack at this. So it just gives them more options. Um, I agree. They, they, they're in a to it. much better position and it's good to come in with established people for those slots. I I do slightly disagree with your, with, with kind of how with last year, the problem was leaving a slot open for a kid. Like, I think Phil Myers had established that second pair just fine. The problem was not finding a true first pairing guy over him, which is tough. Granted, thankfully they did that and beyond this off past off season. Ryan Ellis. Oh my God. Like that is just (laughs) such a comforting, great feeling. It is just a weighted blanket over me as I'm having my Flyers anxiety, is having that Ryan Ellis-Ivan Provorov pairing up there. It's just so nice to have those guys who are just going to be beasts every night. Just so many minutes. I can't wait for that. One of the questions, I think, heading into this season, and one thing that we're certainly going to be keeping a close eye on throughout the preseason, is the power play. Now, I think one of the, the power play issues for the Flyers has been Ivan Provorov on that top pairing. Oh, yeah. What what do you do if you are Large Al right now as far as that top power play unit goes and specifically in the defenseman slot there? So I think what they ran tonight looked really good. They didn't end up scoring a goal off of it, 
But man, they got some good looks out there. They just need to finish, which I know that's like the curse of every single Flyers power play for the for the entire basically since like the eighties. Yeah, but they they generated pressure out there, and particularly, I know that Keith Yandel is not prime Keith Yandel anymore. But damn, that dude can still quarterback a power play. He can do that. And he can do that at an elite level. He looked fantastic out there with the man advantage. And it's the preseason, so we shouldn't overreact to that. But like when I was talking to Panthers fans uh, with him coming in, that was the one thing. They were like, he's going to probably suck at even strength defense and get turnstiled a couple times a game. And you're not going to be happy with that. But he's like the good parts of Eric Gustafson on steroids where he's a really (laughs) effective offensive player um and the negatives aren't quite so unbearable because he just brings so much on that end he's just really fluid at walking the puck around up top um and in an umbrella that's really important it is really important It, it is huge that you have a guy who can walk the puck around and actually dish it out accordingly you know i i agree that yandel looked good up there and i'm excited about having a guy who has that experience that this has been this guy's forte for years now is yeah. quarterbacking the power play they brought him in like there's a reason keith yandel's still in the league and it's for his offensive capabilities like he has stuck around for a while because he is so good offensively as a defenseman yeah i I would say Ryan Ellis looked really good on the second power play unit too tonight. Um, those were the main two that they had out there. I didn't really see anybody else. It's funny because the other day we talked about Proveroff and Sandheim, but really we probably shouldn't be talking about Yandel and Ellis as the guys. I, I figured that they would be the best fits, but I didn't know whether or not the coaching staff would actually follow through on that. I'm glad that they can see what I can see, which is that, uh, I mean, Sandheim, Ellis, that's more of a debate there, I'd say. I think Ellis is clearly the better player, but Sandheim is really good offensively, so there's some consideration there. Well, there's also usage numbers. Like, Ellis yeah. is going to be playing a ton of minutes every night, and he's be he's going to be used on the PK. So Sandheim, it might be better just to have him in there as a relief to Ryan Ellis, like actually getting some yeah. rest. Give him a breather, right? That that makes sense. And that's what uh, drives me nuts about using Proveroff on the power play. Proveroff's <laughs> already playing like 18, 19 minutes a night. Yeah, on power play time. Power play. Actually, it's more he's like 23 good. minutes a night, you know? He's not good on the power play. He's not like, good at it. He can score goals every now and then, but like, it's not his forte. Like, let the dude rest a little bit. Give Ivan Proveroff a break already. He deserves he, it. He needs Let him to have a coffee and a donut. <laughs> let, him, let him take a nap. Give him a little pillow. Like a, a little kid in a church pew. Just let him do that. Uh, yeah, I, Yandel is just so clearly, like, comfortable doing that. And then you go back and you watch Provorov last season, uh, quote-unquote, walking the blue line, where he would just lose the puck and float it out of the zone, like, twice a game. Um, and look like he had cement blocks tied to his feet. And you're just like, damn, dude, this is night and day. <laughs> so... I'm so thankful I don't have to watch that. Provolone's a great cheese, but it ain't great on everything. No, no. Uh, it is particularly stinky when combined with uh, blue cheese, a.k.a. the blue line. On the oh, oh, there we go. That was terrible. Uh, <laughs> in traditional fly purpley fashion. But yeah, like he he is best used offensively as a shooter who's going to win one-on-one battles. He's not the guy who's going to be distributing the puck efficiently 
um, and really getting the defense to commit to one side or the other of the zone. So definitely excited to see Keith Yandel, Ryan Ellis running that instead of Eric Gustafson and Ivan Provorov, because that was not fun. No, no, absolutely not fun. And since we're talking about special teams, let's just uh, let's get into it. Like, what did you think of the PK tonight? Too much standing around for my liking. I said in the Slack that it was really good, then revised it almost immediately and was like, it looked better than it did last year. Um, I think the main thing for me was that there was at least one person who was doing stuff, and that was Cam Atkinson. When he was out there, he was pressuring the opposing puck handler, um, really hounding them pretty badly. I love the addition of Cam Atkinson for the penalty. He looked great. Purposes. I I didn't think he was particularly noticeable at five on five until like some parts of the third period, but he looked fantastic on the penalty kill. Like the first two times they were out there. Um, I didn't love how the penalty kills were initiated. Uh, Some lazy penalties out there, Um, particularly Isaac Ratcliffe. That was not smart with the high stick, but uh, the other thing was like just, too much of the standing around and watching shit happen still um i think their positional play is miles better just because they have some experienced guys out there um particularly ellis stabilizes them a lot um broussard also really good on the penalty kill he had a fantastic defensive play tonight he saved a goal um with a stick check uh on the back door that was an even strength i'm pretty sure but just a nice play by him shows what he can do so they have the personnel. I think it's more of just a coaching thing where they need to be a bit more aggressive, particularly now that they have a home run threat in Cam, where it's like the defense has to respect him, or not the defense, the power play has to respect him. Because if you let him get out too high and he either strips you or you bomb a point shot, it gets blocked and he's already gone, um, and the Flyers complete the stretch pass, then he's all alone um, and you're not catching him. So. Just would like to see them get a little more aggressive with that now that they have that kind of player. But wasn't wasn't as terrible as it could have been. Um, Certainly not. They they had nice plays in there. It's just there's room for improvement. Yeah, absolutely. There is room for improvement. But making some strides, I maybe would like some more from the coaching staff as far as improving that goes. But that's, uh, again, a work in progress there. So to be continued. I noticed you had a couple notes about the scrimmage games here. I didn't see too much of that, but uh, anything you have to add on the scrimmage games? I didn't see all of them. I watched bits and pieces. Um, the main thing that you should draw from this offseason heading into the year in terms of prospect stuff is Tyson Forster is really exciting. Um, I wasn't high on him coming out of the draft. I thought that the skating mechanics were going to be a huge problem. He looks markedly better in that regard. I don't think he's anywhere close to NHL level skating yet, but damn, that dude can shoot the puck. Like in a way that I have not seen a Flyers prospect do maybe ever. He has that kind of talent. So if he can even get the skating to NHL caliber, that's a special player right there because the, the sense is there. He's making smart plays. He's not just a guy where it's like he only has the shot and that's it. Um, he, he was making good defensive reads and being responsible in uh, 
his own end. He was helping on breakouts and exits um, and entries just kind of redundant there, but yeah, like he, he was good in transition. He chipped in uh, through the neutral zone. Uh, he was doing the little things along the boards to win battles and continue cycles. And then when he's floating around out there as a Rover and he can just rip the puck from any angle on the ice and roof it. Um, that's a guy where once he hits the league, um, even if he's not a spectacular five on five player, he's going to be a weapon where teams are really going to have to respect him on the penalty kill. Um, and that opens up a lot of opportunities for a guy like maybe Joel Farabee or Sean Couturier, where uh, whoever's sitting in the bumper spot uh, in the one, three, one is going to have a lot of chances open up for them. Love that. So that's kind of the big takeaway there. He's exciting. Love that. I, I want a flyer with a deadly shot so badly that it's just something I think this entire fan base has wanted for forever now. And please hurry up and learn how to skate. Don't look at Matt Strom. Look away from Matt Strom. <laughs> Kurt's favorite. Kurt's favorite man, Matt Strom. Uh, Mr. Sneakers on the ice, Matt Strom. Look, if both of you learn how to skate, that would be great. That'd be wonderful. Please, somebody teach you how to skate. Could. Yeah. That's all. <laughs> We just want people to learn how to skate. That's all. Oh, God. But, yeah, he, I mean, sheesh, dude. I, I watched him a lot when he played for Barry um, in the OHL. And one of the most exciting shooters I've seen in forever. Uh, I think he is right up there with uh, Schwartz in New Jersey for, like, the best shooting prospect that's not in the NHL right now. Hell, yeah. Uh, the other stuff is going to take some time. He is still a project player, but uh, the big comparison for ceiling that everybody was making prior to this guy getting into the league is while he, he scores goals differently than this guy, um, he still is that model of a dude whose skating is not great, but he's skilled and he has a good shot. Um, people talked about him as a Corey Perry, like a non-dirty Corey Perry. Oh, so, oh I like that. 50-goal Hart Trophy winning Corey Perry, that'd be pretty cool. I'd like that. That'd be amazing. <laughs> and yeah, Corey Perry without all the uh, the shittiness. Yeah, that's that's the, uh, you know, absolute ceiling that we're looking at here. Um, and like <laughs> Corey Perry. A 0.01% chance, but it could happen. He's got the talent to do it. Corey Perry, but he didn't used to be a real piece of shit. Well, he's always been a piece of shit. It's always. just... Uh, he was also good at hockey from like a scoring perspective. And now he's just like a, we want to go to the cup final and lose kind of guy. Uh, used to be a piece of shit. Well, I'm excited about Tyson Forrester and hopefully it is not too long before we see him up there. Moving ahead though, to the season that is coming up, we are pretty locked into things, but the, the lingering issue remains good old COVID-19. It has not gone anywhere. It continues to bug the NHL. And you know what? I will say a lot of the policies have worked out very well. There are a few people holding out and a few things I don't like going on. So I, it is time for Steve to rant about COVID-19 stuff. Everybody's Woo! favorite part of the show, let me tell you. But the good news is we discussed this previously. The Flyers are expected to be 100% vaccinated. So we don't have to talk about any of this with the Philadelphia Hockey Flyers. Thank God. Uh, good old friend of the show, Mr. I Know Bro. Zach Ronaldo, however, 
is starting in the minors because not only is he bad at hockey, but he's also not vaccinated, which means he can't go to Canada or any of that stuff. I mean, it's probably not a hard decision to put Zach Ronaldo in the minors. Hey, he he's the heart and soul of the team. He's our leader. <laughs> There's only one player with heart on this team. Ramaldo. Zeke. That's it. <laughs> the legend is Zeke Ramaldo. That's oh my, my god. My first hyperbole.com post right there. Imagine being a fringe NHLer and then hurting your opportunity for employment actively. Like, like giving what, speeches. What kind of dumbass like, do you have to be to do that? Just wild. Just calling it out. And oh my god. And then like it's on, the Blue Jackets, man. It's the Blue Jackets. How are you like not the, on the Blue Jackets. As I said, I said in the show notes, must be very bad to not make Blue Jackets. I mean, yeah. Like, what is the bar at the Earth's core? to make that team who the hell do they have who is there i think it's just zach Wierenski. poor zach Wierenski. oh uh patrick line and jake voracek and poor jake voracek i mean this isn't covid related it's just like you know i think i saw somebody on twitter and apologies i forgot who it was but somebody said look how they massacred my boy and they had <laughs> a picture of jake voracek who looks like a goddamn coach at blue jackets media day i mean he he's got sad it's really sad it's his beard, beard is, is drooping. Oh, it's it's all just like trimmed up. Like his haircut is normal. It, it's just what? Who is this man? It's not like Tortorella's there screaming at him to get a haircut. No, he's been broken by the uh, sad pit that is Ohio. Oh, I'm so sorry, Jake. I am so sorry that you have to be there and you have to deal with this and you have to deal with Zach Ronaldo. But moving very slightly north. From Columbus, we have Tyler Bertuzzi, the only Red Wing not to be vaccinated. No Canada for you, Tyler Bertuzzi. That is a fun headache for Steve Eiserman. I enjoyed this note for Stephen Wino, who said that the Red Wings play eight games in Canada. NHL salaries are determined by days, not games, but Tyler Bertuzzi will forfeit over $400,000 this season if he continues to decline vaccination, and that's before any other time missed for getting COVID-19. So, good luck with that, Tyler. Jesus, man. Imagine forking over 400k for that. For That's that, crazy. For that, for a free shot. I'd like to have that problem. Oh. Sheesh. And then finally, one that just brings me joy in my heart because he's not yes. better than Carter Hart. Mackenzie Blackwood. Oh, baby. <laughs> Mackenzie Blackwood is the lone New Jersey devil not vaccinated. And everybody guessed who it was. It might as well have been one of those baseball park games where they put up like a few facts like, oh, uh, the other day the Phillies had one about Gene Segura. It was like, from the Dominican Republic, uh, played for the Seattle Mariners. And who could it be? Go Ems. <laughs> and with Mackenzie Blackwood, it was like his follow list. And then, oh, there's only one? <laughs> only one devil not vaccinated? I wonder who it is. And it ended They're up being... all represented by the same guy, too. It's the same agent. That's all of them. Are. Yeah, and he only represents shitty hockey players. That includes Mackenzie Blackwood. Look, Mackenzie Blackwood's a, a pretty good goalie, Owned. but he's not as good as Carter Hart. We all know that. Owned. Owned. But, I mean, I, look, you, you can go on and on. We all know my stance on vaccination here, but my God, are these guys dumbasses, and I am laughing at them. And again, I am very grateful that the Philadelphia Flyers do not have anybody that is controversial like that right now, because I don't think my heart could take it. Yeah, you've already got the Phillies to worry about. You shouldn't have to deal <laughs> with the Flyers, too. The Phillies alone, like, I mean, Didi Gregorius has been, <laughs> he's been blaming the COVID-19 vac vaccination for his elbow problems this year. Okay, bud. 
Okay. I think you're just old, Didi. Yeah, Didi, you've been playing for a while, my man. I don't think it's the vaccination. I just think your elbow is throwing a lot of baseballs at this point. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, maybe maybe his balls are swollen. Maybe that happens. <laughs> yeah, but what did you hear from <laughs> Nicki Minaj's cousin's friend? Yeah. I love that. It's uh, just a, a, a whisper down the lane game right there. Jesus. It's literally like we're we're actually trusting real life telephone real to life convey telephone. information. Unreal. Like every day what, I look what is up, it coming to? and I'm just like, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Like that's <laughs> that's me right now. Oh uh, God, Zoolander! What a great movie! What a great movie! But uh, the the last thing I wanted to bring up with vaccination was the NHL stadiums requiring vaccination because as of right now, the Flyers are not requiring uh, vac- proof of vaccination or anything like that. It's just kind of like, well, you got to wear a mask, but we all know nobody's wearing a goddamn mask in that arena. We saw it tonight. There was not really anybody wearing, like a few people, but not many. But uh, real quick, I'm going to run through the list of teams requiring what. So teams requiring proof of vaccination, Buffalo, Calgary, Montreal, Rangers, Ottawa, San Jose, Seattle, Toronto, Vancouver, and Winnipeg. So Canada, I mean, that's pretty much a countrywide requirement right there. And then Buffalo, I think it was a local requirement. Rangers, I'm sure it's something to do with New York City requirement. Although the Islanders have uh, requiring proof of vaccination or negative test. Uh, Along with the Islanders, we have Anaheim, Boston, Chicago, Edmonton, Los Angeles, Nashville, and St. Louis. And then teams not requiring jack shit, a.k.a. the dumbasses. Arizona, Carolina, Colorado, Columbus, Dallas, Detroit, Florida, no surprise there, Minnesota, New Jersey, Philadelphia, goddammit, Pittsburgh, no surprise there, Tampa, no surprise there, Vegas, and Washington. And look, I understand that the Flyers don't want to, they want to get as many asses in those seats as they can, and they want to sell tickets, and they don't want to hassle people, and it's not one of the city requirements. Even I don't understand how it's not a city requirement, because I can't go to certain bars without showing proof of vaccination. I, but I get, but the thing is with Philly, it's like proof of vaccination or mask requirement, and the Flyers went with that. But, I mean, you're selling food, and you're selling beer. I, I People are going to take off their masks because they're going to eat. And I... I I don't know. It's a little tough to feel safe going to a Flyers game, given the COVID variants and everything right now. And it's indoors. And I know the Flyers have spent a lot of money to go ahead and improve the the ventilation at the Wells Fargo Center. But it still makes me nervous being in an enclosed arena with a bunch of people with no masks. And I have no idea if they are vaccinated or not. And it's, it's still scary out there. It's still... I mean, look, I've done my part getting vaccinated, right? But, like, there is still a chance I could get COVID because a vaccine is not a cure, which is very important to remind people because there's certainly some people in the NBA that need reminding of that right now. Oh, my God, what a world. But, listen, if there is anybody from the Flyers listening to this, specifically the people that have stolen my ideas for the Spectrum Room and such, (laughs) please, can you reconsider this policy? I mean... I, at least do some. Can you set up a vaccine only section that I can sit in? Because I just, I don't trust other people. I don't trust other people to have done their part and be going to the game and be vaccinated. And uh, 
I'm going to wear my mask, look, but, like, I would also like to enjoy a gold one while I'm at the game, and <laughs> yeah. I don't think I'm going to be able to do both. <laughs> that's, that's where I'm Just at. Just got to pregame really hard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be the first time I'll just say that. Bourbon Steve walking into the stadium screaming at people. <laughs> Listen, that's basically the day. Well, actually, you know, it's funny. I was gonna Devil's say game, that, right? I was going to say the Devil's game, but I actually wasn't. I wasn't Bourbon Steve for that one. Because that one, I just was, like, fired up for some reason at, like, noon. And I was just like, hey, you know what? I hate the Devils. Let's call everybody out, I see. The yeah, Rangers fight, game fight was the origin of Bourbon Steve, though. Yeah, but you, know, you I, I get your point there. I, thankfully, do not have that problem with my hometown team, which I am stunned by, by the way. I figured they would not have the balls to do that, particularly in Nashville, which is a plus, of, you know, uh uh jesus like ben shapiro and matt walsh not to get like all i, I mean it's not even political they're just no, those are guys journalists have, just like yeah they're 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 people masquerading as journalists who aren't journalists much like the i mean i'm pretty bipartisan on that people at cnn and stuff like that are doing the exact same stuff so it's it's just a nice hub of you can't tell me what to do um, so I'm kind of stunned that the Preds did that. My favorite was that this is the same Predators team that invited, uh, you know, some questionable figures uh, in a lot of people's eyes to playoff games with free tickets and actively <laughs> reached out to them. Um, and because they did this, uh, <laughs> Clay Travis was like, the Preds are a bunch of liberals and like idiots and they're just doing this to pander to the woke crowd and they have a woke ownership group and it's like dude do you even know who this team is owned by it's a bunch of like super conservative rich white people who definitely do not feel that way they're just doing this so that they're not liable if there's an outbreak at the game it's covering their butts correct it's it's so funny um but that's enough about mr clay travis nashville's (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I'm just, I'm frustrated by this, and I really wish there was a better solution to this because, like, it's different when you go to a Phillies game or an Eagles game because those are outdoors. It's just the indoor part worries me, and I would like to go to games because what I'd like to get into right now are the promos. I think the Flyers have a lot of great promos this year because they really want to get people back at the games enjoying themselves and i'm glad they have these promos i just prefer to be safe while i'm going out and getting them but let's uh let's move on to some fun stuff because i'm just very irritated about that and let's let's move on because i can only say so much i can only be a a a disappointment dad to the flyers so much here but let's rank the promos for 21 22 or at least say our favorites of the bunch but i'm gonna go through them real quick and then we can talk about them Friday, October 15th versus the Vancouver Canucks opener. Flyer season schedule t-shirt presented by Coke Zero Sugar. Actually, I'm not going to read the sponsors. I don't care. Monday, October 18th versus the Seattle Kraken. NHL Network reusable tote bag. Saturday. Yeah, I know. Hey, I love a good tote. And uh, it probably works with the Philadelphia plastic bag ban right there. Tuesday, November 30th versus New York Islanders. Flyers Beerstein. Oh, and I skipped one too. But I'm excited about the Flyers Beerstein. I might just walk in, get the Beerstein, and walk out. <laughs> what? What? You skipped over. Uh, I skipped over Star the Wars Boston Day. One. 
Yeah, Star Wars Saturday poster. November 20th versus the Boston Bruins, where they've got Brad Marchand, who's basically that little buddy who hangs out with Jabba the Hutt and laughs. That's Brad Marchand. Salacious Crumb. You don't know his name. I I forget it all the time. Fake fan. (laughs) Oh, buddy. You don't want to even start with me there. I'm just, I'm just messing. I do love me some salacious crumb though. I sometimes forget names in the heat of the moment, but thank you for getting the call out there. This is, this is the shit that my brain is full of, Steve. Like I, you know, social skills and being a functioning human being and remembering to eat. uh, These are not present. Salacious crumb. I could, I could tell you the name of uh, many Star Wars alien species and uh, Salacious Crumb and many specific characters. So this is where we're at. Here's the problem. When I'm actively hosting, sometimes my brain just can't compute certain things anymore because <laughs> it's just like multitasking hell right there. But thank you for remembering Salacious Crumb. But it all comes down to the fact that Brad Marchand is Salacious Crumb and you'll get to celebrate that at Star Wars day and flyers poster that's star wars and the flyers hopefully it's just gritty photoshopped onto every star wars character yeah just the uh like original advertising posters but everybody is gritty yeah have, Leia, you, have you ever Leia seen that face have you ever seen that where it's nick cage <laughs> yes oh god and it's um, all his various facial expressions the greatest actor of our time who just came out the other day and said he will never stop acting he's just gonna do it forever in movies that in 25 movies a year that you've never heard of until they come out i mean with his debts i'm not shocked you can only buy so many castles you can only buy so many castles and you can only buy so many giant pyramid graves that don't actually have your body in them yet in the middle of a supposedly haunted New Orleans graveyard. My God, what a magnificent bastard Nick Cage is. What a beautiful man. I, I friggin' love Nick Cage. My God. Make it Nick Cage night at the Flyers game and I yes. will push aside any fears about pandemics to be there. I want Nick Cage to drop the puck. I want Nick Cage masks given to everybody. I want Nick Cage clips played during the intermission. Just play Con Air throughout the whole thing, and it just sounds like a magnificent time. Uh, you all just get, like, really bad Ghost Rider hats, um, or something like that. <laughs> you, you get, like, bug eyes from, uh, what was it, Face Off, where he, like, smacks the girl's butt really weirdly and then does that. What a weird movie Face Off is. I could eat a peach for days. God. God. Uh, the greatest. So what Nick Cage ones? night at the Flyers coming up uh, November 30th. No, that's Flyers <laughs> Beerstein night. December 21st against the Washington Capitals. My, one of my favorites on this list. The Ivan Provorov nesting dolls, which yes. is... Wow, they really went for it with this one. It's great. It's great. And this is not even the first like Russian player nesting dolls thing that we've seen this year. Which is pretty cool. <laughs> pretty cool, but also very weird. January 20th against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Various Johns here in Philly. This could mean anything, which is correct. That's Nick Cage night. <laughs> it could be. Various Johns could night. mean Nick Cage night for all we know. I, I do love Various Johns. I would love to know what Various Johns mean. And for the record, Flyers, if you would like me to test out any of this merchandise on a, I don't know, Flyers YouTube, Eamon and I are here we will do it on YouTube or Twitch or whatever, okay? I will make an ass of myself. We will unbox easily. the shit out of all of these, and we'll be nice. We swear. <laughs> no promises. I can't promise that. Steve, you can be the nice guy. I'm going to promise, but I, I don't know if I keep promises. Monday, February 28th against the St. Louis Blues. Gritty fanny pack night, which... Yeah. What else oh can you God. say to that? 
chick magnet clothing article right there absolutely like i i have to get one it's gonna it's gonna be such a conversation starter that's that's my plan it's true it's true this is this is how to make friends in college people uh and and to get a girlfriend is you just need a gritty fanny pack that's all you need that's all you need right there thursday march 13th versus the montreal canadiens Coors Light Socks. Okay. Uh, fine. Coors Light cool. Socks. That's, I I mean... Would you like I've something never, that I've tastes never like Coors Light? Alcohol, Here's but... some socks. Yikes. Coors Light is awful. Saturday, April 9th versus the Anaheim Mighty Ducks. They don't go by that, but I call them that. Ryan Ellis Chia Pet. Holy shit, this is a great idea. I know they did it with Voracek, but just keep rolling it out for guys with crazy beards absolutely never stop doing this this is fantastic uh people show up to games for that like actually which is kind of wild but fair this is a cool thing uh i'd probably say it's my favorite or second favorite thing on here yeah unless various johns is nick cage night in which case that is absolutely my favorite we we might have to revisit what various johns mean when various johns gets unveiled but until then i i'm gonna give that my honorable mention uh i'm gonna give the Proveroff nesting dolls, my my top spot because it's just funny. Fair. I'm gonna Fair. give the Ellis Chia Pet my second spot, and the Beer Stein my third because I just love a good Beer Stein, and I would really like to get a Flyers Beer Stein. Hint, hint. Yeah, I I would probably pick in the same order as you there, um, and then I feel like the clear last place one is the Coors Light socks. Coors like, Light socks. What what is this trash? I I again. I've never done an alcohol. Cops, please do not arrest me. But, uh, like, by all accounts, from everything I've heard from people who have, including you, uh, Mr. Steve Jaco. I've had many alcohols. Coors, Coors Light, not very good. No. Um, and from somebody who has been or at least around, like, people who are drinking it and has smelled it, it smells like cat piss. So, why? Why? Maybe it's socks that have been drenched in Coors Light. Like I, I don't understand. But well, okay. why would why would people want that? I don't <laughs> know. Maybe you get foot drunk. It's like no, this is going to take me all down a a terrible path that we don't need to go down, and we don't oh, have goodness. time to go down this path. So I'm going to lay down my gavel. Do I have a hammer here to lay down the gavel? I do not. But we're gonna we're gonna have this yeah. iPhone plug go against the desk, and that's the gavel. We're going to take it to the beats now. Taking it to the beats. Taking it to the beats. What, what, Man, what, what Sam Carcini phone video are we talking about? What Slam and, <laughs> Slam and Sammy do here? I've been working hard for the money. Oh my god. So our very own Thomas at BSH wrote a whole thing about this. But for, for those of you who have missed this, there was a fight. Uh, at one of the Flyers' scrimmage games between them and the Rangers between Wade Allison and I can't remember who the hell it was. Some big dude, like much bigger than Wade. Um, and Wade, Wade traded blows with him pretty good. It would be cool if we could see any of that in <laughs> this video from Sam Carcidi that he posted to Twitter that looked like it was taken with a Motorola V600. Like, dude. Oh my god. It If you're going to tell me that Slam and Sammy had a razor that he was still using to this day, <laughs> like he he whipped out his sidekick to take a picture of that, like I would not be surprised. He's like, "Oh damn, I really need to get like my nice phone pulls out a Nokia, just like the brick <laughs> or an old BlackBerry that you could like play uh 
some Tetris on or something. He, He's just like <laughs> he pulls out a gotta two- pull out the high tech one for this one. He pulls out a two thousand three digital camera with like oh my ten God. or like five megapixels. This is he, my good camera. Like, what what the hell was the thing where it was like a stick that you could take video with that became instantly obsolete the moment the oh iPhone was created? God, what was you that know thing? what I'm talking? about. I know about. what you're talking about. I can't remember. But yeah, it was like a little camera attached to like a box, basically, and it was only for video. What a dumb product. But yeah, like he's using one of those. That's what he's got. He's <laughs> he pulled out an MP3 player. He was like, "We'll use this." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I just <laughs> I picture like a. <sighs> have you ever played Portal before? A little bit, yeah. Uh, like you know when Glados is in the potato. That's that's his phone. That's his phone <laughs> that. right there. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, like Sam. those those phones really. That, that video was all worthless. I remember, it's like, oh, I'm gonna lose my videos if I don't take my SIM card. Like, buddy, you're never gonna understand what was going on in any of those videos. It's like watching a mosaic. <laughs> it's, and honestly, it's crazy. It's, it's really bad. I just Slam and Sammy continues to be just the number one journalist in Philadelphia. Keep doing what you're doing, bud. Oh, he was he was screaming on uh, the internets tonight about Ivan Provorov blocking shots. Like, I think he's just going to go full brand this year because, for those who don't know, uh, the Inquirer has hired two new writers, um, and it's looking like Sam may or may not be on his way out, which feel bad for the guy. Um, but it looks like he's going hard. He's going hard out the gate this year. So, <laughs> props to him. I'm I'm excited to be entertained. He'll give us lots of stuff to talk about. I never want Sam to go away because Sam has provided so much content for this show at this point. I think like Sam Carcitti and Guy Fieri are like the number one and two topics we talk about on here. And I, you know, he's like, he's a friend of the show at this point. He's family. When you're here, you're family. God bless you, Sam. God bless you. God bless uh, us every Sam. Not, not, not even in like a, like, I know we're, we take it to the beats on Sam and Sam has his really bad opinions occasionally. <coughs> Kate Smith statue stuff. Uh, or maybe but, we could go back and rewind to a time where he had the worst trade rumor of all time and Bob McKenzie dunked all over that, him. That, that is still one of the funniest things I've ever seen. But that's yeah, like, like one of my fly probably highlights at the end of the oh day my God. is that it just dunking all over that whole whatever the hell that was. And the screenshot, the screenshot the is screenshot. always what gets me. If you've never seen this, go look it up. The screenshot from that trade rumor is still one of the greatest things of all time it is just like it's like a screenshot from like ios one that (laughs) it's all like messily like photoshop eraser and it's just fading like a newspaper from the old days like i i it's stunning it's honestly stunning yeah I, I just have to say that, like, I will really genuinely be sad when Sam is gone because he's always struck me as, like, the, you know, well-meaning grandpa who likes to talk about the Flyers with you, but, like, is sort of in the loop and sort of not. Um, <laughs> and I, I'll really miss that element because it does remind me of, like, talking with some of my older family members about what's going on with the team. Um, like we're not going to be able to take it, makes it to me the laugh. anymore. It makes me laugh. I mean, like who are we going to take it to? Charlie? We can't take it to Charlie. Ah, Mr. Charles O'Condescending, as somebody called him in a Zoom call that I was in one time. <laughs> somebody called Ironically. him Charles O'Condescending. 
Yeah, it was pretty funny, man. It was pretty funny. Oh my god! I think I think that was like Quizzo a month ago or something like that. That's but... that's hysterical. But like, Whew. like okay, you know, like oh, what are we down? We're down to Charlie. Charlie is the beat now, and we we can't. We're just gonna make fun of Charlie uh, for not liking Whoop. There it is, because he's a narc. That's what we're gonna do. <laughs> Speaking of which, by the way, that is the official Fly Purpley selection for the Flyers' goal song, and the Flyers. Absolutely. We're trying a couple songs out tonight, and they nah. they were bad choices. Yeah, they were not great. They were not whoop. There it is. They were not um, whoop. There it is. So, and they were not the ones that I submitted either. So, oh, outside of whoop, there it is. There it so, is. Well, they they should listen to me. But you should listen opinion. to me primarily, and that is yeah. with <laughs> with whoop. There it is because that is just a classic uh, classic song to use for the goaltending song right there. Get you on your feet, and it was used in the Mighty Ducks too when they played real street puck. They remember how to play hockey by learning on the streets of L.A., and that's the lesson we take away from there. So, whoop, there it is. Make it happen, goddammit, and then Tag Team can show up at the game, do a little dance for everybody. It would be magical. But, Eamon, what were the the two songs played tonight? I know Hot Stepper was one of them. I don't, like, I was recapping the game, so I really did not pay attention. You'd have to ask somebody else. Okay, well, Hot Stepper I heard Hot Stepper, and and I was like, ugh. That was a choice. Yeah, it sure was. Um, <laughs> it sure to was. Tell me, Flyers, that you don't know what you're doing when it comes to music. Just let let uh, Reed Streets make the decision, please. Let him do that because his in arena music choices have been really good. So let him make that final call. Do not have an old man up top be like, "Oh, this sounds hip," and then make that decision or something <laughs> oh, like that. This sounds hip. Speaking of this sounds hip, the first song was. Tarzan Boy? I don't know Tarzan Boy. Neither do I. Okay. So cool. Great. <laughs> Neat. Neat. I'll have to listen to that later. Yeah, I will not be listening to that later. Moving on to god-awful stuff. Oh, God. We gotta talk about this, and I hate that we have had to yeah. talk about this topic so much on this show, and we will address it very briefly, uh, <sighs> but I, I just hate that this happened again, and I might not try to pronounce anything here because I can't pronounce anything here. But there's a player in the Ukraine who just did one of the most disgusting acts of racism I have ever seen in a hockey rink. Probably the most disgusting thing that's happened since the uh, incident with Wayne Simmons a few years back, which I don't even want to acknowledge for how awful it was. Ottawa, but, right? Uh, I think it was Toronto, but I'm not I can't remember. sure. But if it was Toronto, that's extra bad. Th- He's from there. Yeah. Well... Okay, so Andre Deniskin mimed the peeling and eating of a banana in the direction of Jalen Smurek, and I apologize if I pronounced anything poorly here, at least for Jalen, not for Andre, because Andre can go fuck himself, uh, who is a former, uh, Jalen Smurek is a former Arizona Coyotes uh, prospect who plays for HC Donbass. This is fucking insane. This This piece of garbage in his on-ice fury, did the most elaborate act he possibly could have. And there's just no way you can come out afterwards and say, like, oh, yeah, that wasn't meant to be racial or anything. Like, he elaborately peeled a banana and then pretended to eat it, which is just so incredibly fucked up. I hope this man never plays hockey again. Why do we have to keep addressing these incidents? Humanity is fucked. I just, this is so disgusting. And the fact that I have had to address this many racist incidents 
over the past few years in podcasting about hockey is disgusting. I mean, we just keep seeing it over and over again. Um, I don't know that it's, I don't know that you can chalk it up to like part of that hockey culture thing as much as it's, this is a very white game still. Um, as much as we'd like to not think about that part, it is. Um, and there are reasons for that monetarily. Um, hockey is an expensive sport to play, and it just so happens that uh, minorities tend to not have the money to play it as often. One of the great things that Snyder Hockey goes and does for the community yeah. is, is yeah, helping sure. young minorities, uh, young co- people of color play hockey, a very expensive sport to play. So again, and it's a, not an intimidating sport. Definitely an intimidating sport, but a shout out to the great people at Snyder Hockey for what they do. Yeah. Keep doing what you're doing. Uh, you do a wonderful thing. Yeah, like, but can you can you imagine like this? This is a thing where people it's it's unbelievable to me. Every single time I see one of these things, I have like that moment of shock where it's like, damn, people really are this awful. And they're capable of being this awful. And then I lapse back into, you know, well, I've seen this how many times in my life at this point from how many different people for how many different reasons. So really, it shouldn't come as that much of a shock. But I'm always just like stunned because what what kind of headspace do you have to be in? How petty, how like mean and just kind of weak spirited and self-conscious do you have to be in order to act like that like i i can't i can't imagine what causes a human being to do that kind of thing um within their brain whatever internal monologue uh or lack thereof is going on there but damn dude it's it's just disgusting um and i i can't express how angry it makes me feel as somebody who has been exposed to other forms of racism against my friends um like can can you even imagine if you're that uh that guy's buddy jalen spirek's buddy or you were his parents like how does that make you feel oh yeah sickening well and also just the the other uh, players you know uh, people of color playing in hockey in general around the league that have seen this said that you know unfortunately i'm not shocked by this for some of the comments i saw out there yeah, and just you know, I, the, too many of these players have had to endure stuff like this, and it just—I think where my frustration lies with just the—I I feel like it's not getting better, and I would hope that in this year, with everything, it would be getting better, and it just—it's—it's it's not, and it's—it's it's just it kills my soul. It hurts my soul. It hurts my heart. It's. It's just so bad. Uh, Jalen Smarrow came out and announced that he'll be taking an indefinite leave of absence until Andre Deniskin is either suspended or banned for his act. And I would hope he would be back banned entirely. I, uh, I, I just can't imagine having it go through my head that I need to do this to another human being. And it, it is just so gut-wrenching and disgusting and... I think what frustrates me on top of everything is as a lover of hockey, I I feel like sometimes uh, the sport can be called a racist sport. And I say, of course, it's not a racist sport. That's ludicrous. But then 
when X amount of racist acts happen, you really have to question. Yeah. Kind of everything. And it's just, it's obviously not the sport that's racist. It's, it's awful people involved in it, but there is certainly a cultural thing. And I've said this before. We in the hockey community, even the people who do good, we all can be better and we can do better. And if you see anything fucked up, do something about it. Do not just sit there idly by and, and let it happen. If you see something, do something. Be a force for change and help this game be better overall. Yeah, do not. That's like the main thing I would say is do not subscribe to the idea of, well, this will just get better with time. Time doesn't do shit. People do. Um, and you have to go out there and actively afford change rather than just kind of passively hoping it happens. Um, great groups like Black Girl Hockey Club um, have been putting in the work the league has sort of been acknowledging it i think things are slowly getting better it's just going to take a lot of time and energy um before we really see meaningful stuff happening but like there there are small steps forward being taken all the time um i think some front offices are more progressive than others in that regard particularly like i mean we saw jt brown is now uh working as a color commentator for the seattle kraken and they seem to be thinking along those lines of we want to make sure that people feel included more so than a lot of the other uh teams in the league so hopefully other people pattern after that example but i i mean anytime i think of this i just get so angry um and it's a perfect example of how people who say oh racism isn't that big of a deal or race relations are not at the forefront of this country or the world's identity still are just kind of sticking their heads in the sand. But that's enough about that, I think. Yeah, I, but you brought up some great points and some great organizations, specifically the Black Girl Hockey Club, which is awesome. And they do fantastic work. So They're great. If, if you can support somebody like that, please go out and support somebody like that. And let's continue to grow this game, make this game better. Let's all be better and do better where we can. Big gear shift here. You know, let's just, uh, whatever. Big gear shift here. You brought up right here, bad jerseys you brought up some just horrible horrible jerseys right here and what what inspired the bad jerseys that you have added to the sheet here amen so i have a friend who goes to the university of alabama uh who i will not specifically name here because he probably wouldn't want me to but he sent me a message and it was (laughs) uh i think it was a tri-city storm jersey i can't remember who but it was like an sphl jersey which is a minor league down here in the south um that's independently operated and it's it's literally just elvis's face on a jersey and that's it (laughs) with like the shoulder patches and it's tinted blue for the team colors and like that was a jersey that they wore and sold and it was being sold on ebay for five hundred dollars hell yeah so i just went on an adventure of like bad minor league and nhl jerseys um and looking through all of them so we've got here the elvis jersey obviously is the one that started things off but then also i found there's a there's a jersey where it's just it's just kiss like the members of kiss with fire around them on the front of it yes 
<laughs> there's the classic blues like trumpet jersey that i think everybody's seen in the really bad compilations there's the old like teal flyers jersey design that never got released oh I, I brought this one up before i had oh, oh okay wait we're talking about different ones uh, i'm talking about the weird blue jersey i got from like a models at some point in the 90s which was stupid yeah. but the teal one is like a weird and i don't know how verified this is but people it, it's say that verified. it is verified, it's verified. Okay. that this was an unreleased like flyers Design. alternate that there's and it was, it's basically completely in the capital critters style or the screaming eagle style of the uh, capitals jerseys from the late 90s yeah like it it was definitely they tinkered with that design and then they just ultimately decided against releasing it Thank ed snyder God. probably put his foot down ed snyder He's got like, one look at that and why is there all over his office and said no why is there blue not, so, not even that just that, the logo was atrocious yeah. it, it all looks like shit yeah um the burger king la king's jersey that's a classic uh, uh just a meme um the lightning jersey with like the thunderclouds and thunderbolts on them oh yeah just fantastic oh, yeah. they they went they really went all out with the lightning bolts for a while uh we have the Muteris, oh yeah uh, which is just <laughs> just one of the funniest unintentional bad jersey designs oh man just ill-conceived the, just like one look at that and somebody how did that get past so many people without them seeing that you know it's like the greendale flag right <laughs> <laughs> do they realize that's an anus yeah uh the buffalo sabers banana slug oh see um, i always thought it was the buffa slug but yeah i guess the banana slug makes sense too that thing was always stupid ugh. It, it looks like a bad college football logo for like kent state or something uh the barber pole canadiens jerseys are like they hurt your eyes oh, they're bad um, they're bad they're like when the uh like when the steelers or the packers wear like their old-timey jerseys i'm no the steelers specifically wear like weird stripey jerseys from like way back when and they're terrible so the the last nhl one i want to talk about is uh my all-time favorite which is the mustard cat please give your thoughts on that <laughs> I, 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 is that the one with just like the awkward, like, saber tooth tiger head? It's puke colored. It's like puke yellow. Yeah, 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 yeah. That one's. Yeah. I'm going to pull up a picture of it on my. I, I, I am still like, that hunting one down. To look at. I'm still hunting one down. I badly want a Paul Korea, uh, number nine Nashville Predators mustard cats jersey. If you would like to sell me one, please contact me. <laughs> uh man and you know what's really bad about this one too is like not only is the the tiger terrible the the cat terrible but the the collar is really bad oh yeah it's like it all sucks like what is that collar shape that's not round and it doesn't it doesn't come to a point it just kind of like stops and goes flat like a shitty sweater and those sleeves are bad with the silver Uh, it's it's one of the worst jerseys, if not the worst jersey of all time, although I think the Blues one and the Lightning one um, are, like, far worse. The Burger King's still pretty bad, too. And, uh, yeah. Wild Wings, my favorite, like, shitty jersey of all time. I was glad the Ducks brought that back for the, <laughs> the alternate last year, even though they didn't wear it enough. Yeah, but, like, I still love the Mustard Cat jersey because it's just a giant meme. Um, now then, though, I have a list here 
of some of the worst minor league jerseys that I could pick out. And I want you to pull up pictures of these because if you look these up, you will find them. I love minor league jerseys, by the way, because minor league jerseys are just, they always go for it. Yes, they they go balls to the walls. Um, I think my favorite like AHL jersey I've ever seen was, uh, and they're on here for a different one, uh, the Admirals, the Milwaukee Admirals have a jersey they sell where the mascot, instead of being like an admiral, is a fridge on skates with a stick. <laughs> Why? I don't know. But that used to be their logo, and now they sell those again occasionally. So that's pretty neat. Oh, uh, wow. I pulled that up. That's impressive. So the ones that we're talking about here, dear listeners, because podcasting is not a visual medium, uh, the Las Vegas Wranglers, we have two entries on here from them. So we have their <laughs> Santa jerseys. I have that up, and I got to say, that's <laughs> that's beautiful, specifically because of the way the beard yeah. <laughs> really kind of melds well with with the player. Like, that's almost impressive. It's so it's so great. And then the other one from them is the Hawaiian shirt jersey design that they had, which glorious. I can just see people rolling up to like a fraternity party in that. Um, while I'm also looking for better or worse. While I'm looking at everything too, it looks like the Wranglers did a full Spider-Man jersey one day too. Oh my god. And this thing is awesome. Like it looks like a friggin' Spider-Man costume and it's That's hype. It's it's great. I'm going to send you a picture of this through the Slack, but Wonderful. that is the Wranglers, man. I I am impressed by the dedication. Yeah, they they have some creative designs. I saw some other really fun ones for them. The next one I want you to look at is a uh Canadian Junior League design. So we have the Kingston Frontenacs um, of, you know, uh, Shane Wright fame, uh, as well as Zade Wisdom, who uh, had Don Cherry jerseys that they wore. And you can you can look these up. Uh, There's like you might say two reasons why these are not fantastic, but uh, they look horrifying in like the funniest way possible. What do you mean? It's so bad. That a Don Cherry jersey is bad. That's not like Don Cherry. No, that's a great jersey right there. I mean, it's oh it's really bad, but like they're definitely going for that grapes look. It looks Yes. You know what's funny though? Like it ends up looking like a doll costume or something like a <laughs> l- but like specifically like an 1800s doll, like a Victorian doll. Yeah. It's just it's so weird. See, it's so weird. That one's almost like I I appreciate the design because the, it's it is the classic like grape suit like the the Don Cherry like obnoxious oh, yeah. piece of garbage suit and uh, you know Don Cherry is also the worst but it's just like wow it's it, it it, I feel like it doesn't work as well way. though like that that Wrangler Santa jersey <laughs> is actually kind of great because You're the beard continuity is fantastic whereas this Don Cherry one just looks awkward on these guys. <laughs> so the next one i want to talk about here is the admirals wore a waffle jersey and i want you to look at this thing because it it's so bad oh my god all right i'm pulling up the uh, waffle jersey right and now. and then the last one is the muskegon lumberjacks uh and you know yell at me if i said muskegon wrong there but i have no clue uh, they they have these jerseys the waffle jerseys weird it's really it's really odd waffle right crisp um, and then the the lumberjacks one here, uh, 
I call it the Suns Out, Guns Out jersey. Look that up. If you just look up worst hockey jersey designs, then it'll be near the top. It It is one of the most horrifying. Oh, I found it. Holy shit. <laughs> wow. <laughs> this is like the hockey equivalent of one of those like bikini shirts. Oh my God. That's exactly what it is. You've hit the nail on the head. Or like, uh, you know, the I'm wearing a tuxedo and it's just a shirt with a bow tie on it. Oh, yeah. Tuxedo t-shirt. I have one of those. Yeah. Like that's that's what this is. But with arms, it's so it's one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen. So we have that. And then, uh, you know, wh- which of these is your favorite? Which of these are you going to go buy now, Steve? <laughs> I mean, for Christmas, I might have to buy the Santa jersey. It's fantastic. <laughs> I will say personally, just of ones I, I wish I owned, like, I would totally buy, if I just had a mon- bunch of money to burn, I would buy a Burger King Kings jersey tomorrow, like a Gretzky one, 100%. Uh, as far as the minor league ones go, I mentioned Santa. I actually really want the Wrangler Spider-Man jersey as a big Marvel I, nerd, so that's right up my alley. Good pick. But, uh, I have I haven't looked at this yet. Hold on. You sent it in the Slack, you said. Yeah, it's Let's I sent it to the DM in the, the Slack, but that that one's great. And then uh, the one... Oh, man, that looks great. It looks great. I would buy the shit out of that. It's great. Yeah. Hell yeah. I might have to actually consider that. I have one. I, I don't go to enough minor league sporting events because they're always a blast when you do. But they are. Yeah. When I was out in portland a few years back we were just driving around we threw on the radio just to listen to some local radio see how it sounded and everything get the local flavor and we heard an advertisement for the portland pickles and we're like what's the portland pickles and minor league baseball we looked it up and it is collegiate wood bat baseball which is i think as low as the minor leagues can go and but the advertisement on the radio said they were doing twin peaks night at the Portland Pickles game. And we were on vacation. We had nothing to do. We were like, let's go. Why not? How much could it possibly cost? It was like seven bucks a ticket. We were like two bleacher rows off the field. And it was so much fun. Like, it was so ridiculous. They wore Twin Peaks themed jerseys. We met the Portland Pickle himself, Dylan T. Pickle. Um, They gave, in Twin Peaks fashion, they gave out coffee and cherry pie during the seventh inning stretch they had a costume contest it was awesome that's yeah i can't recommend enough going to minor league games um and it's very funny that you bring up the portland pickles of all teams because i have a buddy who's had like a very long and funny twitter correspondence with them where he like hypes them up and then they send him stickers and stuff so small world there wow that is uh, funny so, so that's that's what's going on uh in in portland i guess they're they're just sending people nice shit portland's weird it's a weird ass city let's keep portland weird but yeah i i think those are some good picks do you do you want to do around the lake here yes and uh i guess we will shelf uh, put put the last we can top, talk about no, we can put talk it on the shelf for next week because you could talk i want to get all my homework done for this in advance because i would love to just do an entire segment on arnold schwarzenegger puns because this is my life this is my everything is arnold schwarzenegger mr freeze pun chill out batman and robin yes we, let's talk about that next week even though i just did one we'll talk about it next week put your problems on ice 
Let's do it around the league. <laughs> Let's call it a night. We gotta save some content. We gotta save some, you know, piece. We, we're just some brimming, of this we're brimming with fantastic ideas. We, we I will talk for another 45 minutes if we bring up the Arnold Schwarzenegger thing right now, oh my so God, I will yeah. not do it. We'll we'll hit the full, like, five hour, we're riding a bus, doing a BSH podcast thing. You know? That's your dream, I know. Yes, of course. Just a 30 hour episode of Flight Purple. Uh, so, around the league, Kirill Kaprizov, he signed a contract. He's the other guy who got a little Russian nesting doll treatment. Um, oh, wow. That was the Wilds reveal video of him. Getting an extension. Contract talks were contentious for a little bit. Was there were say, threats of him going to was, the KHL. That was like, uh, I don't know if it's ironic, but like, it's pretty funny that they did all that because like, he almost went to Russia. He was very close to just abandoning them entirely. So he said immediately in the presser afterwards, they're like, so were you ever actually considering going to the KHL? And he immediately just goes, no. No. <laughs> But five years, nine million a year, that's a hefty price for a guy who's only played one year in the league. But the Wild think he's worth it. Wild fans are happy with that, so good for them. Uh, Rasmus Dahlin finally got extended. I didn't really realize he hadn't gotten extended for a little bit, but huh. he gets three years, six million per year. Uh, if Buffalo had lost him, in addition to the whole Jack Eichel debacle, I think they would have just burned the arena down um jim benning thinks that the canucks are not far from signing quinn hughes and elias Pettersson, both of whom do not have contracts as of the recording of this podcast uh and the canucks don't have a whole lot of money so i kind of call bullshit on that one jim because why why would they sign um you have no leverage you have no money you would need to move people to fit them and now elias Pettersson can walk into your office and say yeah, you're giving me at least nine and a half million per year because I have produced at a higher rate than Kirill Kaprizov, and you guys have nothing but me. So good day, sir. That's that's what's going on <laughs> with the Canucks. You lose. Uh, Robert Thomas with the Blues signs a two-year, two-point-eight million AAV contract. He's a good player. Good for them. Uh, kind of under the radar. That's a smooth contract why <laughs> man it's a hot one. Oh jesus uh are we really making santana jokes it's, it's rob it's so thomas late. it's so late it's rob thomas i have to uh so elvis rob thomas on are show. you gonna are you gonna sing are you gonna sing hound dog now that we're talking about elvis no no uh, i always go to elvis costello for merzlikens uh my aim is true yes yes uh elvis merzlikens aim was true because he got five years at 5.4 million per oh baby what a, what a smooth delivery of that one. Uh, but yeah, now he is the guy in Columbus uh, when they've had some questions about whether or not he is. So good for him. Uh, the Islanders signed Zidane Chara to a one-year deal. So now we have to deal with his ass too. Um, so old. Which is just wonderful. He's old, but like, I mean, they'll probably figure out a way to get the last little bit of juice out of him, which sucks. Uh, Sam Niku placed on waivers unconditionally by the Jets. Uh, anybody could have picked him up. And I'm pretty sure last I checked that he passed through waivers without anybody touching him, uh, who used to be a pretty big prospect, actually, and now has just kind of washed out. I remember a lot of Flyers fans yelling that we should trade uh, Travis Connect near one of our forward prospects for him. So interesting. Uh, Eric Gustafson, everybody's favorite, signed a PTO with the Islanders. So now we have to deal with him, too. Maybe Lou is a dumbass. <laughs> Maybe, maybe that's uh, Eric Gustafson doing us a solid here. He's like, damn, dude, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I was so shit with you guys. I'll help you out. I'm going to go burn the Islanders to the ground. 
James Neal, Michael Furlick, uh, and Alex Galchenyuk, as well as Josh Hosang and Nikita Gusev, some notable names who signed uh, PTOs. Neil and Frelik with the Blues, Galchenyuk back to Arizona, and Josh Hosang and Nikita Gusev with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, the Islanders signed Corey Schneider to a two-way deal. This is entirely too much Islanders talk. It's making me feel kind yeah, of ill. What are you doing here? Uh, I'm sorry. I, I'm just delivering the news. Uh, <laughs> I've got to read the news. <laughs> uh, Brady Kachuk is still unsigned, uh, and those contract talks are not going well, apparently. So that's something. Uh, maybe Brady Kachuk wants to be a flyer. We should offer sheet him. Hmm. Uh, Alex Stalock developed a heart condition post-COVID that will render him unable to play for the Oilers. Ugh, uh, that's, so that's really unfortunate. Um, I don't know... I didn't read further into that on whether or not that is a direct consequence of COVID, whether that's confirmed or not, but that was included in the article. So I'm going to hopefully assume uh, that whoever tweeted that out or said that first, I can't remember. I saw it from like five people, um, was not being journalistically dishonest there by including that. Uh, Evander Kane is formerly facing sexual assault and domestic violence allegations, according to court documents via front office sports on Twitter. And I believe that was corroborated by a couple of other people. So that's finally starting to move a little bit. What a guy. And then the last one, uh, Peter Chiarelli is being promoted within the blues organization to a more prominent role, whether that means that he is going to be running like as a assistant uh, GM directly over hockey ops or what? I don't know, but they just said uh, where I read it again. Can't remember. Sorry to the person who I'm not crediting here, uh, but this is not my own work. Jesus um, Christ! Are the Blues trying to be the Eagles, win a championship, and then just yeah. go down the shitter? Oh God, I don't want to think. Go Birds, go Birds. Well, really sucks. Defeat. So I, I just, what are the Blues doing? But yeah, that's 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 around the league. That's We've gone on. around the league and around the league that means we're done for the night thanks so much for listening folks if you have any feedback the best place is on twitter.com.org.edu.ca you can reach amen at gin and uc like uc soros amen what are you working on you want to plug right now uh i will have some more coverage of these flyers preseason games later this week um although i have been yelled at by members of broad street hockey staff saying that i have school responsibilities and a job <laughs> and other things that I should probably worry about rather than writing about preseason hockey. Um, so I would be doing every single article coming out this week on that, but I have, I have mercifully been prevented from harming myself in such a way. <laughs> I have good friends, good friends at BSH right there. They take care of me. <laughs> You can reach Eamon at Jen and UC. You can reach me at Flyperbole or at Estebaum where I get asked such questions as why does Obama follow you? I don't know. <laughs> what a time. But if it's for hockey, make it Flyperbole. What a weird interaction that was earlier tonight. Oh I was complaining about the Braves doing their racist tomahawk chop bullshit and somebody said why does obama follow you i i don't know i didn't know obama did follow me okay well he's he's getting some terrible tweets about the city of philadelphia so there we go but anyway flyperbole is the place for hockey make it happen uh many great podcasts coming back right now bill will be on post game soon enough 
and BSH Radio is there. I guessed it last week, and you mercifully will not hear me on there for probably a few more weeks or a while. Who knows? But anyway, Flyperbole, BSH Radio, Bills Post Games, Flyers Forecast will be back once the regular season is back, giving you all the Flyers facts you need for the week ahead. All right, I'm out of gas, folks. Thanks so much for listening, and until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Wow, 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 wow,